What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, May 14th, 2015. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Here five days a week, dannypicard.com, also on iTunes. Got a special guest for you today, Lyndon Byers, former NHL enforcer, former Boston Bruin, now part of the Hillman Morning Show here in Boston on WAAF weekdays from 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Follow him on Twitter, at LBWAAF. I'm a big fan of his. Obviously grew up watching the Bruins, big fan of the Bruins, uh, and a fan of his now on WAAF. So it's good to have him on the show. I I talked to him earlier on the phone line. I'll play that for you in just a few minutes. We talked everything from uh, fighting in the NHL uh, to the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight to even Deflategate and all the Deflategate bullshit and the Wells Report bullshit that we currently have going on in the world of the National Football League. I shouldn't say the world. I should say the circus that is the National Football League. The clown show that is the National Football League. And there is more news on the Wells Report and Deflategate and the Brady suspension. Uh, And that's why I'll get to that right now. Presented by Violent Gentlemen. Make sure you go to violentgentlemen.com today to order some of the hottest t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and accessories on the sports scene from the ice to the octagon, from the ring to the field, violent gentleman honors the fight, the art, the opponent, and the sport. Violentgentleman.com. Every Thursday, this show presented by Violent Gentleman. It is George Paros's clothing line. And uh, no better violent gentleman to have on this show than, in my opinion, Lyndon Byers. And again, he'll join me. I'll bring him in in just a few minutes. But first things first, NFL. This Deflategate story isn't going anywhere. And if you thought it was, then, you know, I, I think you don't understand exactly just how big a deal this is. Tom Brady getting suspended for four games. You know the Patriots were going to fight that. Today is the deadline for Tom Brady to appeal. He has by midnight tonight um, to do so. It, it, I mean, I think it's obvious he's going to appeal, at least initially. Right? I did not know that we were going to see a Patriots rebuttal before we even heard from Roger Goodell. We're still waiting for Roger Goodell. I haven't read a statement from him. I haven't seen his face. I haven't heard his voice. Yet, before we hear from Roger Goodell, we have to not only read a 243-page report from Ted Wells, but we also have to listen to a conference call from the guy. You don't get a rebuttal from your own 243-page report. If you can't, I said this yesterday, and I said it last night on WEI. If you can't properly explain yourself or prove your points in a 243-page report on the air pressure in a football, again, on air pressure in a football, then you don't get to defend yourself in a conference call after the fact. So everything Ted Wells said to me was embarrassing. The fact that he even did that was embarrassing, right? Obviously, it proves to me that he didn't do his job, or at least he didn't prove that Tom Brady was guilty of anything. It's just, it's, it's crazy. You know how I feel about the whole situation, if you listen to me. I do think Brady and the Patriots did something to the football, but I think that they didn't think they were doing anything wrong because they know other quarterbacks are doing it, one. And two, they know, and there's a history from the Wells report, that Brady doesn't trust the way the officials handle the football. Why is that? Because the officials don't 
go by the book because they don't care. And if the officials don't care and the officials aren't, aren't you know, properly uh, playing by the rules with regards to PSI before a game with every football, then I can't punish players. So I'm not, I, I'm not sitting there telling you that the suspension for Tom Brady uh, is the right call. It's a terrible call. It's a, it, it's a clown show call. It's an embarrassing call for the NFL. And the guy who ultimately, you know, stamps it, puts his stamp on the piece of paper, right, that signs his name on all this shit is Roger Goodell, and he's nowhere to be found or heard from. So before we've heard from Goodell, you know what we have today? You know what we have? We have a Wells Report rebuttal from the Patriots. They've... They've launched their own website, wellsreportcontext.com. Now, I haven't had a chance to sink my teeth into this, really. Um, But you can pretty much understand what the Patriots are trying to do here. It's a rebuttal, but they've launched their own website. Here it is. It says the well, there's a a Patriots logo. There's a football laying on the grass. And that's like the banner of the page. Underneath it, it says homepage, Wells Report, McKinnon's scientific conclusion, and letter from D. Gotti. D. Gotti is the, uh, let's see here. He is the senior vice president for the National Football League, for football operations. Football operations senior vice president, um, D. David Gotti. Okay, there's a letter from him which was the letter that the Patriots printed out that he sent, that football operations sent to the Patriots, what, the day after the AFC championship game, right? Which, which the Patriots are putting this on this website because some things that the football operations from the NFL sent to the Patriots with regards to what they found in their investigation was wrong. And I'm talking about the PSIs and the footballs at halftime. This stuff is wrong. So there's one thing. The main part, the homepage, is the Patriots call it the Wells Report in Context. And I'll just read you the first two paragraphs of this thing. And look, tonight, I'm going to sink my teeth into it. I'm going to read it all. And, you know, maybe we'll break it down on tomorrow's podcast. But I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be completely honest with you. We're, we're going to, and the Patriots should do this. They, they should go into detail and they should break this down and they should pinpoint and nitpick and they should pull all the shit out of the Wells Report that is bullshit and they should put it on their own website, which they've done. Check it out, wellsreportcontext.com. They should do that. They, you know, they have every right to do it, uh, but they, they should do it as well. But I've already done that. Me and you, we've already done that. Uh, this, the detail and the description as to what happened with the footballs in the AFC championship game is driving me fucking insane. I, last night I was on EEI and somebody called in and, you know, I did two full hours of this taking calls and people calling in still giving their take as to what they think happened to the footballs. Right. And there was one caller where I had to hang up on him and I, I, I didn't lose my shit, but. I basically said, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I, you know, I can't sit here and continue to go into detail as to what happened to footballs before a game. I, I, I just, my, my interest level is no longer there, one. Two, this is such an embarrassment for the league. This is such a non-issue to me. It's not even funny. 
Obviously, it becomes a major issue when you suspend a quarterback four games for it, right? So it does need to be talked about to an extent. But I can't do the whole everybody, hey, everybody give me your theories on what happened in the AFC Championship game with the football. I can't do that anymore. If you want to do that, you're going to have to go to another show. I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, you already know, because I think this is just a simple, what happened to the footballs in the AFC Championship, or at all with the Patriots, with McNally, with Brady, with the officials, it's so obvious to me, it's not even funny. The officials don't care. McN- you know, the Br- Brady says, well, the officials fuck up with my footballs, I take some air out of them before we go out. We're not doing anything wrong, everybody does something to the football. Nobody cares about the football. This is such a non-issue, it's not even funny. I, the fact that we're even to this point is ridiculous. So, it, the story itself is driving me crazy, right? It's driving me nuts. And it's not going anywhere, unfortunately. Because the, and, and the Patriots do need to defend themselves. Because the, the ruling and the punishment is so fucking stupid, it's not even funny. Right? Let me read you the first two paragraphs of the... Patriots rebuttal to the Wells Report says the Wells Report in context. And again, if you want to read along, wellsreportcontext.com. But I'll read it for you. Just a just a just a summary of it at the top, the first two paragraphs. Says the conclusion of the Wells Report are at best incomplete, incorrect, and lack context. Now look, we could stop there if you want. I'm not reading any we could stop there. That's really the, the, That's really what the Patriots want to get through. Ready? I'll read the first sentence again. The conclusions of the Wells Report are, at best, incomplete, incorrect, and lack context. Okay. They're right. They're right. But you know what? I'll read the whole thing for you. All right? Here we go. Here we go. The conclusions of the Wells Report are, at best, incomplete, incorrect, and lack context. The report dismisses the scientific explanation for the natural loss of PSI of the Patriots footballs by inexplicably rejecting the referee's recollection of what gauge he used in his pregame inspection. Texts acknowledged to be attempts at humor and exaggeration are nevertheless interpreted as a plot to improperly deflate footballs, even though none of them refer to any such plot. There is no evidence that Tom Brady preferred footballs that were lower than 12.5 PSI, and no evidence anyone even thought that he did. All the extensive evidence, which contradicts how the texts are interpreted by the investigators, is simply dismissed as, quote, not plausible, end quote. Inconsistencies in logic and evidence are ignored. These points and others are addressed in greater detail in the following Annotations to the Executive Summary of the Wells Report by Daniel L. Goldberg, a senior partner in the Boston office of Morgan Lewis and who represented the Patriots and was present during all of the interviews of Patriots personnel conducted at Gillette Stadium. Our intention is to provide additional context for balance and consideration. So Goldberg was there. They're saying this guy, Daniel Goldberg, was there. Okay, and now I'm done reading it, by the way. That's, that's, what, that's the first two paragraphs. Basically, here's what the Patriots are doing. And the McNally stuff that they have in here with regards to texts that were attempts at humor and exaggeration. Um, I've said this since day one. I think Jastrzemski, McNally, the texts, you know, they're, they're all sarcastic to me, right? 
They're all sarcastic. It's like you text a buddy, you're just fucking around with them. All these texts are sarcastic. They're all sarcastic. So you get to a point right now where you're the Patriots. You have to start proving that text is sarcastic or, or, or they're not, or they're serious. You know, but you can read the Wells report and you can take out of that on your own without the Patriots telling us and say, yeah, there was, you know, they're saying a lot of things in jest to each other. But also when you read the text, as the Patriots will point out, is that there's no evidence Brady preferred footballs lower than 12 and a half. If there's any evidence on what Brady wanted, it's that they wanted them at 13 based at the text that Jastrzemski sent to his fiance and McNally. So, again, we're going back to everything that I've ever said. The Patriots need to do this. I'm glad they're doing it. Do I want to do it? Not really. (laughs) Not really. I don't really want to do this anymore. I guess they may be forcing us, right? They may be forcing us. But here's what I think the Patriots are doing, ultimately. Again, I think that the Patriots, to, to a man, are saying to themselves, did, did McNally take air out of the football? Yeah, he did. Does he take air out? Yeah. Did we know that? Yeah. Do we want it out? Yeah. Did the officials fuck up? Yeah. Did the officials know what they're doing? No. Does, is this a big deal? Absolutely not. Is everybody else in the league doing something to the football? Yeah. So should this even have got to this point? No. So in this Wells report, we ha- what we have to do is we have to prove that they didn't prove anything. And they didn't. It's a rebuttal. The Wells report didn't prove shit. And since it didn't, didn't prove, since the Wells report didn't prove shit, you know, the Patriots, they have a chance here to take certain parts, highlight them, add some context, and at least do the best job that they can to say to people, oh, wait, what, everything that Ted Wells implied is not, is not true, is not proven true, But also, there are things that Ted Wells didn't imply that we're going to point out for you. And I think it's going to be, you know, I haven't sunk my teeth into this just yet, but I think it's probably stuff that I've pointed out to you, which is, one, um, how the officials, how Walt Anderson and the recollection and the two gauges he used, how embarrassing a situation that sounded like it was. He's measuring the footballs in the shower area. It's just, how do you believe Walt Anderson? I know I don't. I know I don't believe anything Walt Anderson says. There's nothing in the Wells report that tells me Walt Anderson said something that I that I believe him based on the confidence that that he said in the tone that he said it. That's so stupid. When we have evidence in the Wells report that that Walt Anderson fucked up on the cables. He messed up on something. He messed up. He didn't mark a cable correctly. And because of that, they did it, you know. The result was an ESPN outside the line story on Jim McNally. Uh, Kelly Naki reporting that Jim McNally tried to sneak K-balls into the AFC Championship, which ended up being false because the Wells report showed us that Walt Anderson didn't, didn't do his job. So we have more examples than not of Walt Anderson not doing his job. We have more examples than not of the officials in this report not doing their job. And if the officials aren't doing their job, that's where this investigation should have really ended. The officials never cared about PSI in the football. I've been saying that since day one. And this Wells report proves that to me. To not prove it to Ted Wells, apparently. But the Patriots are going to do some things now. They, they have a rebuttal. 
<sighs> and you know what? It's I, I, I don't honestly. I'm sitting here in the studio. Uh, I'm gonna play you my segment with Lyndon Baez in a minute. I, I honestly don't know that I can do this anymore, people. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, I'm literally having a mental breakdown of this right now as we speak, as we speak. You know, I'm looking outside. It's bright. It's sunny. It's warm. It's a nice day. Uh, the Patriots should not be in the news. The NFL should not be in the news. This should be a non-story. And instead, not only is it a story, we have we, we have re- legal reports. We have legal rebuttals. Um, we have conference calls with guys who wrote the reports. We don't have the commissioner who handed down a four-game suspension to the reigning Super Bowl MVP. He's not talking. We're, we're trying to go in-depth at the process of how the air pressure in footballs was, was tested before an AFC championship game in a league in which, up until that point, nobody gave a fuck about the air pressure in a football. I can't break this down anymore, folks. I can't do it. I can't break this situation down without, without completely losing my fucking mind and, and just, 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 just forgetting that. Uh, I, I can't do it. Put it this way. I can't do it. I'm done. If you want it, go somewhere else. Don't get, hang this pod, you know, shut this podcast off. Go somewhere else. You want, go, go read the Wells report in context. You should, you know, read it. But you want me to sit here and break it down for you? I can't do it. Not for my, not for my well-being. My normal well-being as a human with common sense, I, I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. So, um, what else do we got? Oh, what's that? Oh, we got Brett Favre. He's defending Tom Brady. See, at least it's getting away from the details of what happened to the football. I can't get into those details anymore. I can't. Can't happen. So let's talk about Brett Favre. What did he do? He defended Tom Brady? But here's my problem. He did it on Fox News. He was sitting on a couch. He, it was proper. Here's what we need. You know what we need? And this is to Patriots people. This is to all people. To all humans. Here's what we need. We need a former NFL player to, I don't know. I, I'll invite him here. I'll invite someone here. I'll do it. If, here's a, an official invite. Maybe I'll send invitations out. Here's an official invite to a former NFL, maybe even current. You know what? Current might be good. Current might be better. Current NFL quarterback. Starter. It needs to be a starter. Eh, maybe it doesn't. Current NFL quarterback. I'd like for it to be a starter. And here's open invitation. You come into Dorchester, come into the, come into the studio. Um, I, I'm going to sit you down. We'll put the Peach by Dre's on you. We'll give you a violent gentleman t-shirt. We'll put you behind the mic here in this brand new state-of-the-art studio we have here. Inside of Beantown Athletics in Dorchester. And um, right here on Granite Ave. And I'll, and, and I'll ask you. I'll say, honestly, tell me. Tell me about footballs before a game and tell me about Tom Brady and tell me about what quarterbacks like to do to the football but also how you feel about Brady after this story and what we need is here's what we need so we don't need the quarterback on Fox News or CNN or even on ESPN in studio we don't need that all right we've we've heard it even guys who defend him we don't need that anymore the, that that does nothing for anybody the Brett Favre defending Brady what does that really do Right? What does it do? We need someone that's going to go over the top. We don't need just a defense 
We don't need somebody in that's going to be up there in proper defense of Tom Brady. We need someone that's going to lose their fucking mind while they're doing it, right? And they can do it on the show. You can say whatever the fuck you want. You, we need someone that's going to lose their mind. I need someone, an NFL quarterback, to sit in a setting like this. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be my show. Go on Stern or something. Go on a show that you can swear on. Go on Sirius XM. Go on something. Do your own podcast. I don't know. Figure it out. Don't go on Fox News. Don't go on CNN. Don't go on one of the networks where you can't swear or you can't flip your shit. Go on a forum. Go on YouTube. You know what I mean? Go on Snapchat. I don't know. But I need someone to lose their minds while they're defending Tom Brady. I need someone to call out the entire league and say, listen, you fucking fools. Tom Brady is a legend. And you're now trying to tarnish that legend because of the air pressure in a football? In a league that never cared about it? In a league that has quarterbacks that do things to the football for personal preference, not competitive edge? And we're going to suspend a guy four games? And while we suspend a guy four games, here's what we do. We tarnish a legacy. Of course we do. Of course we do. I Look, I'd like to think that in 10 years from now, a lot of the people, even the harshest critics of Tom Brady, the guys like Jerome Bettis or, you know, Mark Brunel, who is, you know, I can only imagine is somewhere right now um, going for a jog uh, along the water with two footballs in his arms that are perfectly pumped to 12.5 PSI that he checked before he went out, right? That psycho. Like, you, people, he cried on TV because of the air pressure in a football. He cried. So I need someone on the opposite end of the spectrum to lose their shit. Come on this show. Lose it. Defend Tom Brady. And, and do, it in a, do it in a way that people are going to remember. Do it in a way in which you call out everybody that is in the players' union. You say, listen, you want to come out and you want to say that Tom Brady cheated? Or that Brady deserves not just a four, that he deserves a larger suspension than four games? Listen, you fucking clowns. You know, and I know, that what Tom Brady did or even didn't do, maybe, kind of, probable, who knows? Might have been generally aware. Anything that happens with the football before a game is, is really, up until this point, has been fair game. And each and every one of you motherfuckers know it. And I'm calling you all out. That's what we need. We need somebody to flip this shit. I can't have, you know, Brett Favre, oh, he goes on Fox News and defends Tom Brady. That doesn't, that doesn't do anything for me. I need someone to really make a statement, to flip out. The closest I've heard to that is Trent Dilfer. Now, this was before the Wells Report came out. But again, if it, I, I assume that Trent Dilfer, based on what I heard from him leading into the Super Bowl, and especially the day of the Super Bowl, I think he gets it. Here's what he said the day before the Super Bowl. He looked at Ray Lewis. So, you know, it was the day of. It was pregame show. He looked at Ray Lewis. He looked at, at Steve Young. And they asked him the question. They said, is the Patriots' uh, legacy tarnished because of deflate gate and the investigation that's about to take place? And he looked around. He said, think about what we're talking about right now. Think about it. He said, this is what Trent Dilfer said. He said, all I know is, there, this past week, leading into the Super Bowl, two weeks, there are a lot of NFL quarterbacks 
executives, equipment guys, who were texting each other saying, gee, I hope the league doesn't find out what we're doing, right? And the phrase that Trent Dilfer used was, everybody stretches the boundaries of the rules. And that's what the Patriots did. They stretched the boundaries of the rules. But they did it because they didn't think that this was such a big deal. Why? Because they knew that it wasn't. And they knew that everybody else did things to stretch the boundaries of the rules, especially with the football. And Trent Dilfer is the only guy that's come anywhere close to doing what I want somebody who's either a former or a current player quarterback to do. Now, we've heard from guys. That's fine. But we haven't heard from them in the way that I've, I would like to hear from them, which is what I just pointed out to you. A guy sitting in this studio saying, hey, uncensored, go off. Tell me how you really feel about the NFL and about their rules and about players in the NFL that are coming out speaking against Tom Brady and saying his legacy is tarnished and saying he deserves to get a suspension more than four games or that this four-game suspension is exactly what should have happened. Tell me how you really feel about that based on what you know. And I just want someone to flip this shit. That is where I think then people will start, you know, getting some common sense here with this whole situation. That this is a non-issue. Everybody's doing it. And the officials don't care. And the league doesn't care. The league never cared. Until this situation. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm, I tell you what, it's, I know people say, oh, it's great. You know, you get something to talk about. You got some sports radio. You got callers. I t- the callers I was getting last night, they're trying to explain their theories on what happened in the AFC Championship game before the game or at halftime. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I, I, I can't do it. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I don't know if you can see it in my face if you know me or see me during the day uh, or during the week. But I, I'm sick and tired of this fucking stuff. It's, it's the dumbest, it is literally, this is the dumbest thing I've ever had to even think about or spend parts of my day thinking about. I have spent, we have all spent way too much time thinking about this stupid situation. This dumb, laughable, embarrassing situation that the National Football League has put itself in. Okay? And it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. And I think the thought of that, that it's not going anywhere, is driving me even crazier. Right? So, what else do we got today? What else do we got on this Thursday? We got Lyndon Bias. He's coming up in a minute. Couple things here. NBA playoffs. Uh, The Hawks, they beat the Wizards. Paul Pierce was almost a hero last night. Um, Look, if you're the Wizards... Paul Pierce hits a big shot, right? Right in front of the other, right? He hits the big shot, and guess what? Guess what happens? Guess what happens? They lose track of where Al Horford is. You got to know where he is. Al Horford, offensive rebound on the other end. Game over. Atlanta wins at the buzzer at the end, at the, in the final seconds. You got to know where Al Horford is. They didn't, they didn't even have a body on him, and he came from up top and came in. Nobody covering them. That's, that, that's inexcusable. The Wizards should have lost that game, the way they played D on that final possession. How do you not know where Al Horford is? Just because he's standing under the three-point line, he's taking a couple threes in the game, doesn't mean you just let him hang out there. 
No, you got to put a body on him, and you got to box him out. They they didn't even acknowledge him. That's that, that's that's inexcusable. That can't happen. And the Hawks win. They take a three-two series lead. The Warriors crush the Grizzlies. No Tony Allen for Memphis. No first team all defense. None of that. He's on the bench. Hamstring issue. I didn't know that until I was watching the game. To be honest, that he was out. And Golden State crushes the Grizzlies. Golden State takes a three-two series lead. Uh, we got two games tonight. We got Cleveland at Chicago. Cleveland has a 3-2 series lead. And then we got Houston at LA, a series that has been tough to watch because of the whole Hacker Jordan situation. Uh, the Cavs are two and a half point dogs in this one. I'm going to take the Bulls, minus two and a half. It goes seven back to Cleveland. Cleveland wins in seven. I'll take Chicago, minus two and a half. Rockets in LA. Rockets are eight and a half point dogs. I'm staying away. I have no idea. I literally don't have any clue. Clippers are trying to close out the series. I I think they'll close it out I, I tonight. I do at home. I just don't know. I don't know if I don't know if they'll cover. Okay? I don't. I'm not sure of that. So stay away. But I take I would take Chicago tonight minus two and a half. I think they win. I think they win by more than three. So, that's that's the way I see that series. Stanley Cup playoffs. Game 7 last night. The New York Rangers are moving on. How about my boy Kevin Hayes with a big goal uh, early. Uh, nice little uh, redirection. One-timer into the net. Um, they get overtime. Derek Stepan in overtime. And the Rangers beat the Capitals in seven games. They now play the Tampa Bay Lightning. That series begins Saturday at 1. Oh, how are you going to begin the Eastern Conference Finals at 1 o'clock? I get that. I know they got the, what do they got, the Preakness? We got the Preakness this weekend. I know NBC, right? They cover it. I'm correct with that, right? Maybe. Uh, NBC, 1 o'clock, doesn't matter. You got NBC Sports Network. Even if they're not covering the Preakness. You did, 1 o'clock game? I get the ratings thing, but for the you got don't you have to do what with the play the players you want to play at one o'clock you want to open the Eastern Conference Finals at one o'clock, no, you want to play a night you want to at least play at three which is what uh, the the Blackhawks and the Ducks are going to do in their Western Conference Finals game one on Sunday, but Saturday at one, Oh, man I, I want yeah I won't mind it as a fan, but as a player I wouldn't want to be playing the game at one game one at one. Afternoon playoff game? No, not this deep into it. Wouldn't want it. Uh, wouldn't want it. So that's the final four, though. Rangers, Tampa Bay, Blackhawks, and Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the Sox won. Red Sox won in Oakland. Two to nothing. Wade Miley, good. Got out of some jams. Because of that, called himself Houdini after. Sonny Gray, you saw him on the other end. You know I'm a big Sonny Gray fan. If I was Ben Sherrington... I would have done everything I could to make sure Sonny Gray's on my plane going to Seattle. Red Sox begin a series in Seattle tonight. Joe Kelly on the mound. Uh, Four-game set on the West Coast in Seattle. Uh, I would have made sure Sonny Gray was coming with me. That's the guy I would, have wanted to, I would want to trade for. I don't know if Oakland's going to do that, though, considering that they got rid of a lot of pitches this offseason. Um, so maybe they're going to try to keep Sonny Gray, who they can afford for right now. I'd love to see him in a Red Sox uniform, though. I, they need another pitcher. That's a guy. Maybe, maybe keep an eye out for him. I have no idea. But the Red Sox will go to Seattle after a big win 
in Oakland yesterday afternoon uh, to begin a series with the Mariners. Four games set begins tonight. Again, Joe Kelly on the mound. All right, so Lyndon Byers, he joined me on the Violent Gentleman phone line today. Again, every Thursday, the show presented by Violent Gentleman. Go to violentgentleman.com right now. Um, I will wrap things up after this conversation with LB, with Lyndon Byers, and I got a neat story for you. Uh, Ten things you didn't know about Rob Gronkowski. Well, I'll tell you one of them. You probably do know this. He is not going to be on the cover of Madden. Madden 16. Odell Beckham Jr. won the finals vote. It was between Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. and Gronk. Odell Beckham Jr. won that. So, Gronk did not. He was on ESPN yesterday multiple times, really all day I think he was there, with Odell Beckham Jr. He, they both went on every single show that they have on that station to promote this voting. And um, the vote's over. Odell Beckham Jr. wins. But I'm, I'm reading a pretty cool story about Gronk. Ten things you didn't know. A couple of these things are pretty humorous. I'll talk about that to close up the show. But again, here's my conversation of the day presented by Violent Gentleman with Lyndon Byers. Enjoy it. Stick around after, and I'll wrap things up then. All right, joining me now over the phone, presented by Violent Gentleman, is the one and only Lyndon Byers, former Boston Bruin, former NHL enforcer. Now uh, you can catch him on the Hillman Morning Show on WAAF here in Boston, weekdays from 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. What's that? What? Danny, What's easy up? on the compliments here. Come on, what do you mean? I'm an old meathead that uh, <laughs> that fell in the good find with uh, WAF. I'm, I've had two careers and I haven't worked a day in my life. That's how I look at it. I'm I'm the luckiest guy on the planet. Well, we love listening to you, and uh, I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> and I'm glad you're on the show today. Now we were going to have you in studio, but some things happened. You're going on TSN. You go on TSN a lot, right? Yeah, once a week I do a show uh, with Michael Landsberg called Off the Record. Uh, you know, just typical of the Hillman Morning Show, typical of when I go on with, uh, you know, you, you on EEI, just have a lot of fun, talk a lot of sports, bust a lot of balls, and, and uh, it's one of the most popular shows. Uh, it runs uh, in between around the horn and part of the interruption in Canada, so all my family's back home uh, in western Canada, so uh, it's, uh, it's an easy way for, for me to say hi to my family because I don't get back much anymore because there is nothing going on in Western Canada. I, I see. I've watched it. I've seen it. Where do they set you up? Are you set up at home? Where is that set up? Because you got the nice, you know, the shot of the city of Boston behind you. You got the jersey hanging. Where do you do that? They set you up at home or do you have to go somewhere for that? Yeah, Boston Studios. It's a, it's a studio down, uh, it's about a block from the Black Rose. Um, and, uh, and they make it really easy for me. And, uh, you know, I think, I think actually we're going on the road to uh, Buffalo and we're doing a show coming up here real soon uh, at Rob Ray, Razor, the uh, tough, kid, tough guy for, for the Sabres for a lot of years. He's got a hot dog shop called Razor's Hot Dogs. We're going nice. to do something live from there. But, yeah, it's a, it, it's a great show. Uh, Landsberg, he, he's awesome. You know, all he does is bust my nuts all day, every day. But uh, like I said, it's uh, super fun. And, and I'm like you, buddy. There's nothing better than talking sports. Now, you mentioned, you know, you're going to, to see another tough guy who is in the NHL. Do you do you keep in touch with, with a lot of, uh, I'll call you guys enforcers in the NHL, former, current, 
Uh, now we know currently there's not many left, but do you do you guys keep in, <laughs> do you guys all keep in touch with each other? Or how does that work? Um, yeah, I mean it's like anything. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of tough guys uh, like myself, uh, we usually have a sense of humor. Uh, usually, uh, we're, we're pranksters and uh, had a lot of time watching the best players on the ice do what they do at the at, at high speed. So now that we're done. All of us are analysts, and, and we're in Sports Talk Radio and do TV because I've, I've seen Gretzky at his best. I've seen Cam Neely at his best. I mean, you know, I, I averaged about, uh, about two and a half minutes a game. So there's a lot of time during a game that I can take notes. And uh, so I know, a lot about, I know a lot about the NHL, and I, and I love sports. So, you know, I'm a big football, basketball um, baseball fan, you know, I was lucky enough to be here during the eighties and it was a pretty, pretty sick run for all the teams. And, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of us at that time, you know, were single, you know, Cam and I ran with, uh, you know, Clemens and Ellis Burke and, uh, got Greenwell. And then we had Andre Tippett and Cedric Jones. And we had, you know, I was, uh, fishing buddies with Kevin McHale and had a bunch of beers with him and Larry. And, and, um, so, you know, just a name drop, I, I, I ran with some pretty, Pretty good quality people, guy. Yeah. No, those are some big <laughs> names. That's some name dropping right there. I'm going to drop a couple names for you because, you know, on this show, LB, on this show, I think I've had the most, uh, the, the highest number of NHL enforcers on any show. I've had uh, Kevin Westcott the last couple of years, Georgie Paros, yeah. who, again, this is his clothing line sponsoring this segment every Thursday, Violent Gentleman. Uh, I've had Sean Thornton on my show. Uh, yep. So, I mean, and, and you add to the list. I've had a lot of these enforcers on this show, and I have other buddies who are enforcers. But as we know, in the NHL, I mean, they're trying to get rid of these guys. Sean Thornton's sticking around, but he, even he says he's got one season left next year with Florida, and that might be it for him. How do you view that? What's your reaction to what the league has done with, with you know, that position and that role and the role that you played? How do you feel with what's going on right now in the league? Well, it's like anything, you know, Danny, I, I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I hate when, when I, you know, I guess it's great for guys that are fans to talk about, you know, who's better, who is tougher, Wednesday, Byers, Miller, you know, the game evolves and all sports evolve. And, you know, um, if you took a fan from today or a mother from today that, that her son plays for the Boston Bruins and he's 20 years old, and you show her footage of uh, the, the, you know, the, the 70s when the Flyers were playing the Broad Street Bullies. Of the, I mean, the, the Bruins were playing the Broad Street Bullies, or the mm. Bruins were playing the Montreal Canadiens, and the full-scale brawls that went on for 40 minutes. I mean, that all changed. You know, you, you can say the same thing, you know, from that era to my era. You know, they, you know, back, back. I remember, you know, back in the day, Danny, you could get in if you wanted to get in six fights in the game. You get in six fights and not get kicked out. Mm. You know, um, and then it changed. You know, uh, early in in my career, uh, they, they 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 came up with uh, if you know you can only fight three times and you're gone. Then they came up with the instigator. Um, so that was you know you weren't even getting in three fights because you could you, you didn't want to put your team down two minutes. So um, the game is just evolving. I'm a huge fan. The you know I, I, if anybody caught any of the playoffs, especially that Rangers Caps game. Uh, it, these kids are so incredibly talented. They're so uh, dedicated to the game. They're, they're, you know, they don't fight. But I mean, Alexander Ovechkin 
is six foot three, two hundred and thirty five pounds shredded. If he's running you through the board like he does to many, many players, it's just as it's just as tough on a body as uh, me dropping the gloves or it's just as much of a game changer as me dropping the gloves and trying to turn a game around. So uh, you know, I, I think the NHL is an incredible product. I think what you know I think what you're seeing, you're gonna see Danny is is people, you know, I, I look, I look, a great example is Getzlaff. You know, Getzlaff has no problem dropping the mitts and, and sticking yeah. up for his teammates or sticking up, or, you know, taking care of himself. And I think you're just going to see athletes that uh, they're going to have to handle their own business, no matter whether you're a, a first a first line player or a fourth line player. And basically, what I think, you know, the owners and people like Cam Neely and Don Sweeney are shooting for is that. You know, from your first line to your fourth line, you don't lose a step, and you don't lose you don't, you know you don't you lose talent. You know that talent gap between the first and fourth line, the top six guys and the back six guys, are just uh, are almost the same, and that, and that's where it's going. And I you know, I'm not complaining. You know, I played in an incredible era. We were very successful. I was a tough guy for you know great teams on the Bruins. You know, four conference finals and two Stanley Cup finals, mm-hmm. and I was very very lucky. But these kids are awesome. Are you still tight with Cam Neely? Uh, we live in different worlds now, but uh, if I if I wanted to go say hi to Cam at, at the Bruins office, or I think I said uh, a, a week or so ago, I said, hey, you know, uh, are we on the outs? And he texted me back and said, no, let's go for lunch. <laughs> so it's, uh, I get up I get up at 4.30 in the morning, and he runs the Boston Bruins. There's a, there's a whole lot of difference between WAAF, I got. I, I'm going to. A, I'm going to a bikini judging uh, bikini contest tomorrow <laughs> on our show. Uh, Cam Neely's trying to build the Boston Bruins into a Stanley Cup contender. There is a huge gap in what we do, but our friendship is still there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he'd rather be doing what you're doing because what he's trying to do right now is figure out who's going to be the GM of his team and possibly who then will be the new coach. Because the way I look at it, with what's happened with the Bruins, LB, is that. Neely wanted Julian out. That's my opinion. And when Shirelli wouldn't make that move, he says, okay, I'm going to bring somebody in who will make that move. Do you, do you see, see it that way, or do you see what's going on with the Bruins a different way right now? Uh, I'll tell you what. You know, I, I, there, I'm not going to speak for Cam, but uh, my thoughts on the Boston Bruins are that they, they have to make some changes. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not about... They've got assets. They've got you know, Luch has a big salary coming. Um, that makes for that makes for you know you got to make a decision on on Luch. They mm-hmm. they have a, they, I think they're lacking on the backside. The back end I think is light. I think it's light on size, and I think um, it's light on depth. They've got to answer that issue, and the first issue they have to answer is get a GM. And my guess would be, I mean. I love Donnie Sweeney. Uh, he's a he's he's a warrior. Um, you know, he was he was a little guy that played 18 years, and 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 there was a reason for that, or 15 or 16 or 17 or 18, but whatever it is. Yeah. I, you know, I, I and and, and uh, that'll that'll bring a lot of respect. So, I I like Donnie Sweeney, and then you know my guess your guess is as good as mine. Uh, you know. I, I don't know if uh, Shirelli knew he was on his way out, and uh, Claude was his guy, so he re- re-upped him. But you know, he, I, I mean, Peter Shirelli doesn't get to re-up anybody without uh, Charlie Jacobs signing the check. So it's, you know, I, I the, that core group of executives ship has done a great job. I mean, the Bruins have been relevant, but we live in a world now with Twitter and social media, and 
you know, every, every, every mom and every Tom, Dick and Harry gets to give their opinion and influence what happens with their team in their town. Mm. I think you're seeing it with Tom Brady. Think look at what social media is doing and pressuring uh, the NFL to completely, it's, it's ridiculous what they did to Tom Brady, but Roger Goodell, uh, has to appease the people that thought he, he, he blew it with Ray Rice and, and Adrian Peterson, and he, he's letting the social media do the work for him. We'll get to the Brady thing and deflategate in a minute, but <laughs> you mentioned social media. Do, do you ever think about, do you, do you ever sit back and say to yourself, wow, I wonder what would have happened if Twitter was around when I was playing? Well, there would have been a lot of there would have been a lot of nakedness. There would have been a lot of mayhem. Uh, there, would have, there would have been a lot of partying. Uh, I, you know, again, I think it's it. You know, I think I, I know one thing. I'd be a whole lot smarter than a lot of the athletes that are, are right now. But you know, Danny, it's, you know, the, the thing about social media, it can be bad and it can be good. Mm. I mean, look look at the athletes that use it um, and 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 use it to market themselves uh, so that that their their personal uh, their personality and what they do in life is is almost more popular than what they do in their sport. And so, I mean, if, if you think about it, uh, social media is a way that you protect yourself and try and build yourself uh, entrepreneurially, if that's a word, uh, so that if your career ends due to a knee injury or a head injury or a back injury after year four, you, you're already you're already on your way to, to keeping your life rolling. So you know, like I said, bud, uh, my my Twitter follow and my my uh, Facebook page would would be jacked. I'd have millions and millions of people because you know me. I'm the most honest human being on the planet. So the phone would be on for every party, for every stripper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'd, it'd be entertaining. Well, I can guarantee that. I love it. Uh, follow him on Twitter at LBWAAF and on Twitter, LB, the New England Patriots have changed their profile picture uh, to Tom Brady's jersey. This deflategate stuff has gotten out of control and at the moment we have the Patriots releasing a rebuttal. They, they've launched a whole website called wellsreportcontext.com. Uh, I, I, look, I haven't really sucked my teeth into this letter just yet because it just came out, but let's get into really... You know, how we're even at this point, did you ever think that when we first heard about the Flategate after the AFC Championship, that we would be to the point where Tom Brady would be suspended four games, the team would be take, have a first and a fourth round pick taken away from them, and they'd be fined a million dollars? Did you ever think we'd be to this point with this story? No, when, 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 when I heard about what happened, uh, here's, what I, here's what I did. I went, I, look, I went, found the rule. And the rule is, if anybody gets caught tampering with the, the football, it's a $25,000 fine. So uh, when that fine wasn't handed down, I was like, what the heck? Hmm. And now we're now you've gotten into the, the, the situation and the manipulation of the situation and Roger Goodell trying to fix what he broke earlier with Ray Rice, with Hardy, with, you know, how, how he handled everything. And... Uh, for me right now, Danny, it is what it is. I, I, I have, and, 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 you know, anybody that thought the Patriots were going to walk away and, and Bob Kraft is going to, you know, uh, not stand behind Tom Brady, you know, that's a joke. What, what happened here is equivalent to George Brett putting 19 inches of parentar on his bat instead mm-hmm. of 18. And uh, that, that would, you know, it, it's nothing. What, what, 
you know, so I don't care. And that if you, you know, the Patriots do, and if you have a $2.3 billion company and people are trying to tear that company down with false information, misinformation and manipulation of the media and the, and the, and the people that deal with social media, I, I am not surprised. Uh, the, the, the Ted Walls report, the fact that he had to call up ESPN to, to rebut yeah. Buddy calling his report a joke just goes to show you that he's not, he wasn't confident in the Ted Walls report. And I love it. He called out, he called out uh, uh, Don Yee to throw out his information to the media, and the Patriots then beat him to it, and I, and I love it. And it's going to be a great fight. And I can't wait for the season to start. The, the, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, everything that they've done here, the Crafts. Um, there's a reason that Bob Kraft is one of the, the, the most powerful owners in, in the NFL. He's passionate. He, he bought the Patriots because he loved the Patriots. He loved the NFL. And he loves what he's doing. He's an incredibly great businessman because he's passionate and loves what he's doing. So uh, people that are like that are not, are, are not going to sit back and 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 be unsuccessful so everybody's going everybody's going to be even more pissed off next year when the patriots still succeed they still make the playoffs whether they win the super bowl or not uh that's yet to be seen they will be a playoff team uh jimmy garoppolo will play well for whether it's one game two games three games or four games i don't care uh tom brady's not no he's not his career is not over he wants to play for three more years he said he 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 was he, he won a Super Bowl and he was incredible last year. He's not coming back next year, and I know everybody else outside of New England wants him to suck, but it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, when you look at what happened, you know the Patriots football is PSI in a football, whether it's inflated, deflated, uh, whatever did happen. Do, can you relate that to anything in hockey? Because what I've said and I've heard other people say is, I guess it sort of relates to maybe the curve on a stick, and we always say, well. Yeah, there yeah. is a certain curve you can have, but it's not enforced one because, look, guys, there obviously guys who, who have a larger curve than you're supposed to have. I think if, if you check it out, if they ask someone to check it out, you get a penalty, right, or something like that. Do, do you think it's similar to that, right? Is that what we're talking, relating it to, to your sport in hockey? Exactly. I, 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 equate, I, equate it to, I equate it to everybody. First of all, I, I, you know, what, what amazes me, uh, about what we don't talk about. And, and yes, Danny, I, it is exactly like an illegal curve. No one ever calls it until a playoff game or a game that is, you know, you, you know, do or die, you need to win or lose, and a, and, a, and a coach calls it in the third period hoping to get a power play to either win the game or, or win a series or save themselves to be in a series. They don't ever take the goals back, you know. Yeah. You, get your, you, you get your fine. You go serve your two minutes. And that's what it is. But what, what amazes me is that, and this is where the NFL, this is the problem with Roger Goodell and his whole I'm coming in and I'm in charge. I don't believe he knows the rules of the NFL as the commissioner. I believe that he is uh, the, go, the face of, of the NFL. He is a PR marketing machine. And as, as you saw in the Ray Rice stuff, I don't think he's fully aware of protocol. Uh, from the commissioner to the people that 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 he delegates to do to keep the NFL in the parameters legally and where it's supposed to be the players and, and that stuff and I, I think it jumped up and bit him in the ass mm -hmm. and I think I you know I I, I think it's 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 eating him up 
And that's why he hasn't said anything. I, I think he stepped away. I think he tried to, to pull a rug over everybody's eyes uh, using uh, Ted Wells and, uh, and, and, and that scam of a report. I mean, 243 pages uh. of – you can figure anything out of that report. You 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 get you get it back to me. Make a make it make a bullet sheet and, and send it to my email because it's all over the place. You know, probable uh, the 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 head referee that uh, checked the ball says uh, to his recollection. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, there's so much going on. Yeah, and, and really, they don't they don't point out, or at least people you know who are talking about this report, and I'm talking about most national people. They don't want to point out the glaring issues. And the biggest ones to me in this report are the officials don't know what they're doing before the game. You know, and you mentioned Walt Anderson. I mean, they're going to believe this guy based on what? The confidence that he has in his answers? That doesn't make sense to me. To me, the officials are at fault. And if you're the commissioner and you see that, then you need to stop right there and say, well, wait a minute. We have a bigger issue. If our, if our, ref, if our referees and our officials don't know the rules for footballs before the game, how are we going to punish <laughs> players and organizations, Right. Well, exactly, and that's where I got sidetracked on my last point uh, when I was saying to Roger Goodell, not not knowing the rules of the NFL. Roger Goodell, do you think he even knew about PSI crap? Uh, because no one cared. No one cared about anything. Yeah, I didn't even, to be honest, did any of the other quarterbacks ever make a big deal and, uh, about when, when Tom and Peyton Manning said, hey, you know, can we use our own balls? I mean, you know, what the hell? Yeah. And they said, yeah, no problem. Okay, here's a certain, uh, here's a certain set of parameters that you've got to make sure uh, that the balls are, that this is, you know, the, the whole PSI thing. Do you think Roger Goodell had any idea back then? Not a clue. Not a clue. Not a clue until somebody said the Patriots are cheap. And where is Roger Goodell? And, 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 where and, is and he? Everything, Denny, you know, the only thing, number one, how come the refs aren't accountable? How did those balls leave the referee's room? You know why they, they left the referee's room? Because the refs in McNally have been doing this over and over and over, right, for 18, 22 games a year, and they, they didn't care. And so, you know, what I do know is that, that McNally, and, and whether Tom knows or not, he took the balls and wasn't supposed to take the balls. That's a $25,000 fine. Mm. Yeah, and where's Goodell? <laughs> we talk about Goodell. I don't know. Is he on vacation? I mean, he, I, haven't even, I haven't even read a statement from the guy. He's not even showing his face. No, you know, I mean, and it's only getting, listen, I'm telling you right now, if you, people, you've got to go check out uh, wellsreportcontext.com. Mm. Go check it out. And you, what, when, you get done, when you get done going through that, all you know is that the, the Patriots are hunkered down, they've lawyered up, Tom Brady's lawyered up, and this fight is going to go deep. And there's yeah. going to be a lot of stuff that comes out, man. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, this is certainly not over. Again, wellsreportcontext.com is the Patriots' official rebuttal, which is just hilarious. And you mentioned Ted Wells. He had to hold his own, uh, his own postgame show. Where they call, he called a conference call for himself because he couldn't explain himself <laughs> in 243 pages. If you can't explain <laughs> yourself in 243 pages, then... You don't get a you don't get a rebuttal on your own thing. You didn't do your job and you failed the first time. That's the way I look at this. And uh, again, yeah, I like and, and, and you know what else is incredible, Danny? Almost five, under almost five million dollars. Oh. Go find out. Oh. 
what happens is some footballs. You, like that's not an issue. That's not incompetency at its finest, right there. I mean, what does it take? That's not me getting arrested, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's like, all right, man. That it, would make for a good podcast, though, right? If you were, who knows? <laughs> what 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 does it take? Like, I, I mean, I'm. I do morning drive radio on WAF, but yep. if all I had to do was find out where some balls went, I'm like, how does somebody not drive up to McNally's house and say, hey, bud, well, what happened to all the balls? Go talk to some people. Four, $4.6, $4.8 million, and they came up with that 243-page piece of crap. Yep. That is, That in itself is uh, is ludicrous, and Roger Goodell okayed that. So what does that say about that clown right now? He's, you know, again, he has no idea what he's doing. And I, I don't believe he, he's going to be the commissioner for too long. No, he's he's a clown. He's a clown. This is a clown show, and that is a bullshit report. And uh, we're in for a long fight, that's for sure. Speaking with Lyndon Byers, LB joins me on the phone today, presented by Violent Gentlemen. LB, speaking of fights, before I uh, do let you go, I got to get your take on, do you pay attention to boxing or, or UFC yeah, at all? Yeah, 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 you no, into that, we, yeah. We, yeah, over here at, uh, over here at Assholes Garage, me and the boys, uh, we had Braving State, State Hockey, the kids were over here. Uh, RCN is my cable carrier. They did a phenomenal job. My, my fight never went uh, into the toilet with no service, so uh, anybody that wants a great uh, setup, RCN is uh, incredible when it comes to cable. But, yeah, we caught the fight. I. And, you know, I knew I knew Pacquiao was hurt uh, because you know. And I'll, I'll just say this: I think both guys knew they, got, they were getting a massive payday, and I don't think Floyd May Floyd Mayweather could have could have totally punched Manny Pacquiao out. You know, bloodied him up, and uh, I think they they did what they tried to do to keep the fans uh, feeling like they get got their money's worth, and they uh, they floated twelve rounds. Now, if you talk to like Dave Animan. The, the, the great the great Dave Animan, who's a massive boxing fan mm-hmm. and boxes every day, uh, my tweet to him was uh, that was that was uh, pretty ridiculous. And his tweet back was, "They're not a couple of guns duking it out on the ice, boxing <laughs> <and> are <laughs> So, but I did I did get the fight, and uh, there's got to be a rematch because uh, I don't think the public will allow it not allow it, uh, a rematch not to happen because. Whether Manny was hurt going into the fight before the fight, uh, you know that that'll be hard to prove. I know that I know they're doing an investigation, but um, I'm just hoping for a rematch, two healthy guys and uh, a healthy Manny Pacquiao, because I really thought a healthy Manny Pacquiao uh, was going to win. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask you. You think there should be a rematch? I think there will be a rematch. I think there should be a rematch. But and obviously, when you get to that rematch, it'll be Mayweather going for fifty and all because he's going to fight one more time in September, right? To go forty nine and all. So I mean, right. really, with see, he said it's just too. Yeah, they're gonna do it. They, it, it. The payday will be big, and people say they don't. People complain about the fight, but they're gonna come back and watch LB. You know that they're lying to us right now. They'll come back and watch. Of course, of course they are, kid. You know that. Dan. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, they'll come back and watch, and I'll be watching. You'll be watching. So, uh, what's up with you? You you got any anything else going on other than WAF? You get because this is an open thing. You can promote whatever you want right here. Any more TV shows? Any any movie appearances? What do you got? Now you know what, Danny. Uh, it means the world to me that uh, you, you thought to have me on with you. Uh, I'm a big fan. I, I've called in. You know, called in uh, when you're on the on the radio, and uh, I got AF. I got uh, some T, uh, TSN. I. I'm a, still a social butterfly, but I got a five-year-old Will who wants to play hockey. So Saturday, I'm going to get him uh, his new skates. Uh, he's got a full set of uh, gear, and we're sit, setting him up for uh, learn to 
uh, learn to play league, and um, he's my life. He's uh, he's the best, and he got he got uh, he got his twelfth uh, stitch uh, Friday. Uh, ran ran headfirst into the monkey bars. He had, three, <laughs> had, uh, had eight, so uh, he took four. He was he never cried. This is I love it. You're gonna love this, Danny. I know he's a buyer's because uh, he he didn't cry. He got up. He was bleeding profusely. And he just walked calmly into the school and into the classroom, at which point the teachers went to Zerko, and his nickname is now the kid that bloodied the halls of school. <laughs> That's a long <laughs> nickname, but it's a good one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, hey, what, listen, I know, I, if you I, need... I exactly. Yeah, sorry. No, if you need the skate shopping at all for the kid, you bring him in here to Beantown Athletics in Dorchester. We'll take care of you, all right? Yeah, I love it, I love it. And hey, big shot, big, big kudos to... The Dot and the Hayes family, what, mm-hmm. what, a, what an incredible run uh, oh. that he was having and uh, making, making, making the town look awesome. Yeah, Kevin Hayes, he's, and Jimmy Hayes, too. I mean, he played in Florida, yeah. and he had a nice season for himself. But Kevin right now scored a big goal last night. The Rangers, you think the Rangers got what it takes to, to, to win it all right now? Well, yeah, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist, man, the king came to play. That was insane. The performance he put on last night, and uh, you know, you, you saw you saw what happened to Montreal. You know, Carey Price. I mean, who would have thought Carey Price's save percentage would be under under nine hundred? Mm. And when that happens in the playoffs, man, you, you, there's there's you can't you can't uh, you can't fill that void. And um, the Rangers are the Rangers are a good hockey club. This is going to be a this is going to be a really really good series, and I think. I think the only way the Rangers are going to beat them is uh, the the back end is going to have to physically. There's got to be a lot of back pressure from the forwards, but the back end is going to have to put some bodies on bodies and take take control of that neutral zone because Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, you know, now that Sound Coast has found his way, those guys fly. So uh, it, it's going to be awesome. But physicality and and Lundqvist is going to be the difference for the Rangers to go to the and for local kids, too, LB, don't forget about uh, Keith Yandel, uh, Milton kid, a uh, good friend of mine, good friend of the show. He's been on the show many times before. Uh, the Rangers traded for him. He was a big acquisition. So you got Yandel, you got Hayes. Uh, Yandel also was a, 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 played a big role in my street hockey movie. I don't know if you've ever seen that. 363, 363 Road to the Celtic 3-on-3. It's on YouTube. It's got 40,000 views. You should check it out. And we're actually going to have a sequel. So uh, I'll be in touch about uh, an appearance from Lyndon Bias in the sequel, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd I love it. And, yeah, hey, listen, not for nothing, if I'm not mistaken, Yandel's a rental player, and, boy, would he look good in the black and gold. Oh, he would. And you know what? He'd love to be here, too. I tell you that. He'd love to be here. So we'll see what happens. LB, listen, thanks a lot. Uh, great stuff. When you're on TSN, make sure you, you give a shout-out there. George, tell, tell Georgie Paris. I think he's doing some stuff with TSN as, as well, right? You bet he is. You bet he is, yeah. Yeah, so make sure you tell him you were part of the Violent Gentleman segment today. Uh, we'll, ta- we'll get you some Violent Gentleman gear, and we'll be listening on WAAF to the Hillman Morning Show weekdays, 5.30 to 10 a.m. Thanks a lot, LB. We'll talk to you soon, all right? You got it, buddy. Danny Picard, keep knocking them down, kid. All right, man. See ya. All right, great stuff right there from Lyndon Byers joining me. Uh, presented by Violent Gentlemen. Again, make sure you go to violentgentlemen.com right now. I wrap up the show on this Thursday. because, And, and again, tomorrow, I guess I'll sink my teeth into the Patriots um, rebuttal. I, I can't promise you that I'll get very deep into it because I, 
I am sick and tired of of the story itself, and I'm sick and tired of the details that go into what happened on that AFC Championship game. And considering I, based on the Wells report, I I, I believe the Wells report's a bunch of bullshit. So, the the, the Patriots. Are, this isn't for people like me. This rebuttal is for people that, you know, they don't necessarily. They, they don't necessarily understand some of the things in the Wells report that aren't being talked about by the national analysts, like because they didn't read it, right? They're just listening to people uh, with agendas talk about what happened based on what they're reading in the Wells report. There's a lot of stuff in the Wells report that I've already pointed out that I believe the Patriots are probably going to point out in this. So it, this 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 Wells report in context rebuttal by the Patriots is not for people like me. It's not for people like LB. It's for people that... That, that believe the Patriots should be punished and and believe that Tom Brady should be suspended. You know, I'm not one of those people, so this isn't for me. You can read it. I'll, I'll try to do my best and, and, and stay interested in it. But um, I will talk about it more in depth on tomorrow's podcast here five days a week, dannypicard.com. Again, as I mentioned, to close it out, 10 things you didn't know about Gronk. Now, these Gronk and Odell Beckham Jr. were on ESPN yesterday. And, man, the questions. You know what pissed me off? The questions that they had for Gronk about P- everything was PSI in a football. They really try to get him. They really try to get him yesterday. They really try to get him to say something stupid. And that's where I think they crossed the line because it's just embarrassing. You know, Gronk, how does it, how does the football, how do you like the football to feel? You like the football to feel a certain way, Gronk? You, do you? You like the fo- you like, you like 11 PSI, Gronk? And he just says the same answer every time. He said, you know, we're just, we're going to prepare hard. We're going to, we're going to show up every day, work hard every day. All I can do is worry about myself. He said that for every answer, but they still try to get him, didn't they? The snakes, they were trying to get him, right? Gronk. How about, how about you know, the air pressure in a football? What do you, what are your thoughts on that? What do you like? Is it tough to catch? Is it, is it hard to catch? I mean, they were really trying to get this guy with stupid fucking questions. Uh, the only good questions were this uh, thing that they filled out, which was ten things you don't know about me, Gronk and Odell Beckham Jr. Here's the first one: What was your first AIM screen name? Gronk's answer. Chick Magnet for Life. <laughs> now, they cannot confirm the spelling, but they spelt it Chick Magnet, the number four, L-Y-F-E. Um, Chick Magnet for Life. Odell Beckham Jr. said, I can't remember something with my initials at the beginning. He's not... Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't have the personality Gronk has. You could tell that right away from these interviews yesterday. Second question. If you could have a dinner party and invite any three famous people, living or deceased, who would you invite? Gronk says he's in, he would invite Pamela Anderson, Drake, and Jay-Z. Interesting, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting dinner party. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. would invite Michael Jackson, Mike Tyson, and Muhammad Ali. Okay? Gronk, they asked him, what's your spirit animal? He said a dinosaur. Odell Beckham Jr. said a lion. Favorite ice cream flavor, Gronk said cookies and cream, specifically of the milkshake variety. 
I agree. I can agree with that. I'm on board with that. Um. Then we get who is your favorite member of the Kardashian family? Gronk says Courtney Kardashian. Odell Beckham Jr. says Kim. Then we get what is your favorite romantic movie? Gronk says Fifty First Dates. Odell Beckham Jr. says Lady and the Tramp. Then we get who is your style icon? Gronk says LMFAO. <laughs> okay. And Odell Beckham Jr. says myself. Oh, that's that's a brutal answer. You you can't answer any of these questions myself. But he did. Number eight, who is your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Gronk says Donatello. And then Odell Beckham Jr. says Michelangelo. Number nine, if you had to describe yourself in one word, what would it be? Gronk says insanity. I also do the insanity workouts. Okay, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. says, unique. And number 10, what song really gets you hyped right now? Gronk says, Summer by Calvin Harris. Odell Beckham Jr. says, anything by future. He's killing it right now. Hey, by far the best answer to this is Gronk saying his first AIM screen name is Chick Magnet for Life. Mine, I'll close out the show with this. Mine was Salty316. Sort of like Austin 316, and I was from Southie. That was my first AIM screen name. After that, I believe it was D Money. It was D Money. That's what it was. Um, and now I don't have AIM. I th- can you still get it? Maybe you can. But Gronk's AIM name was Chick Magnet for life. Wouldn't expect anything less from Gronk right there. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. Special thanks to Lyndon Byers for joining me today. Again, make sure you go to violentgentleman.com right now. Um, and then also go to dannypicard.com. This podcast every weekday. Subscribe on iTunes. Get me on all forms of social media. Hit me up on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Uh, we'll see what comes about with this Deflategate stuff. The Patriots have released their rebuttal. I'll try to sink my teeth into it today and break it down for you tomorrow. If, if, if I have the energy for it. I'm not sure I do. I don't even have the interest for it, really, right now. So maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Five days a week, I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.